0: everyone, welcome back to Coffee with a Shot of Cynicism, the Gilmore Girls podcast. I'm Eleni. I'm Jeffrey. And today we are going to be discussing episode 502. Uh, It's called A Messenger, Nothing More. Nothing More. And can I say something about this episode?
1: That's why we're here, aren't we?
0: Yeah, but like in general, before we get into the deep analysis of it.
1: Please tell me. I hate this episode. Really? Okay, good to know. I do not like this episode at all. I mean, I have to say it's been a long time since I've actually sat down on the couch with my notebook and watched an episode in full for podcast analysis. Usually I'm watching it in parts on my computer, like moments before, moment before we hit record, as you know. So today I had time and I'm sitting in front of the couch and I'm watching. I'm like, you know, when you just it's different when you watch we've talked about it's different when you watch for pleasure versus for podcast analysis um i don't know i found myself just with a lot to say so i filled like almost two full pages
0: <laughs> i mean I, I definitely still have a lot to say but i just i ugh. i i think um so it's definitely a filler episode mm-hmm. but unlike all the other filler episodes that we've talked about up until now it's not fun
1: no there's like a lot of like it's filler for sure I I I get what you mean when you say filler and it's it's almost like as we've said as this as the show goes on there's less and less filler but any filler that we do get still has like little crucial moments peppered in
0: yeah the reason I like filler episodes is because every once in a while it's nice to just watch the show laugh at the jokes try to keep up with the dialogue you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and in this episode it's all filler but it's also
1: boring Okay, define boring.
0: Like there's nothing happening.
1: Yeah, it's kind of very. It's and every very,
0: every character is annoying.
1: Yeah, and it's very one note. I'll give you. Yes,
0: that. there's like no, there's no there's no ups and downs. There's no. I don't even think I laughed once.
1: True. Yeah, it's very it's very. This episode is very flat. I'll 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 give you that.
0: And you know, like for past episodes, I'll usually write down. Uh, lines that stuck out you know. Oh, I,
1: did, I did that I usually do that I did that this time so maybe, you know. maybe it was just you
0: <laughs> maybe it was just me maybe it was in a weird headspace but I didn't have one freaking line to write down
1: not even union of oppressed Frenchmen no I was going to suggest that as a possible episode title but we all know she's not going to take it
0: listen we'll see we'll see where this episode <laughs> we'll see where the river takes us but um, anyways I just like I don't know, overall thoughts. Maybe, like I said, maybe I was in a bad headspace. I don't know. But um, I also just haven't watched season five in a while. So it was a combination of me forgetting that this episode... I don't know. I think I just forgot the episode, number one, because I haven't watched it in a while, and number two, because it's so forgettable.
1: Yeah, and there's a lot of... I find that any drama that does happen in the episode is... I'm not gonna say predictable, but it's like you know where it's going, and you're not happy about it. It's just a mess. If that makes sense, like not pretty. Like to watch it for the first time, you're not predicting where exactly it's gonna go, but much like the yuck of the Rory and Dean debacle in episode one,
0: mm. you can
1: kind of see the writing on the wall of where it's going and you're not happy about it unless you're a Dean fan which you mean I don't think you're still here if you're a Dean fan no
0: definitely not they checked (laughs) out a while ago um but I don't yeah I think it's I think it was also a mistake um on the writer's part because sorry in what way in what way so I think you know, you ended this season last season really strong on a big cliffhanger that a lot of people wanted to see what was going to happen. Um, the season premiere left a lot to be desired. Yeah, right? we talked about that last time. Um, you know, there wasn't this big uh, Luke and Lorelai moment that we were waiting for. Rory and Lorelai are not in a happy place. You know, and then Rory continues to make terrible decisions with her genitalia. <laughs> And so, like, I think people. I'm trying to put myself in my in, in like thirteen year old on any shoes of like, what would I have wanted, you know, after seeing that season finale and then that ugh, meh season premiere, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's in my mind going downwards. Okay. With this episode, it certainly picks back up, um, but it's a mistake. I think to keep doing that so early in the season, you know?
1: I mean, do you remember what you thought when you were 13 and watching this?
0: I don't remember this specific episode, like what I felt. But now I think it's just really weird when you're still at the beginning of the season mm-hmm. to have such a like flat episode. Because that's where you should want to be engaging your audience, right? To ensure that they stick around. And if you have a flat episode later on in the season, like episode 16, 17, fine, whatever. But if you start off strong, mm-hmm. and you keep that audience long enough to get to that flat episode, you're fine. But if you're already starting on a really sour note, where do you think people are going to follow you to?
1: Yeah, I think there was maybe a case of um, not so much bait and switch, but more so like... You build. They built up so much anticipation with the season finale, and it was, as we said last time, probably the the biggest season, like the biggest cliffhanger season finale yeah. they yeah. gave they gave us. Um, so to go from that to such high expectations with season five, who knows? Like maybe they. Maybe they they did they, they did that on purpose. Like they make they made you tune in for like two boring episodes. Maybe you know, I don't know.
0: Yeah, maybe they're also just trying to slow it down on their end too.
1: Like maybe maybe they were trolling us this whole time. Of like, <laughs> oh, you thought there was gonna be like action packed? No, it's Gilmore Girls. We're walking to the town square. Buckle up. Listen,
0: I didn't think it was gonna be action packed. I'm no, I'm not watching Mission Impossible. You know, <laughs> um, but I needed something to happen.
1: Jesus. Okay, well, stuff did happen. So let's so. We'll, we'll, hey, get, we'll get, let's get dive it. in before we do that i wanted to discuss a certain twitter thread that you retweeted onto our timeline a few weeks ago um because you know with what they call gilmore girls rewatch season that occurs like every september october for most fans of the show on twitter this year and I'm probably other years too you would you could you would know better than i than i would um people of a certain age just get more depressed with every rewatch over the over lane's just entire story arc um and we've talked a lot on this podcast about lane kim and how much she deserved better and because her arc goes in an even different direction in seasons five six and seven compared to season four um it's it is depressing would you call it depressing (laughs)
0: Yeah, definitely. And oh. I, don't, I don't know if it's um I think the the disappointment that people feel with Lane's storyline, I think mm. that's a year-round thing. Okay, so good. yeah, there's like there's always people watching Gilmore Girls, obviously. I think yeah. just during the fall people are more um open with their tweeting about it. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, for um, sure.
0: And I think at this point we know that it's really widely recognized that her her storyline was a disappointment to a lot of us. Right. Um, And even herself and you know if you if you read between the lines of some of her answers in her AMA um but yeah I think I think it's also the 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 era I guess that we're in that women are feeling more comfortable talking about disappointments in their own lives Mm -hmm. and how um you know how sometimes the path that we take in life is not always the one that we envision for ourselves but we still try to make the best of it and you know we try everything to kind of be happy and that looks different for everyone right um, so whenever we see a thread like that, that that says something like oh well you know i'm so disappointed in lane's character arc whatever you always get the opposite it's like well you know she's happy blah, blah blah and i'm like and there's nothing wrong with being a stay-at-home mom and i'm like yeah no there's nothing wrong with being a stay-at-home mom if that's what she wants to be and um i think people just growing up saw themselves in her so much
1: mm-hmm. especially like asian uh, viewers even more so
0: yeah or just like ethnic people who have overbearing parents you know what i mean like
1: you can attest
0: <laughs> yeah and who had ambition and wanted to go out and do stuff and like you know uh, m- m- have this really weird relationship where you don't want to disappoint your parents and you want to make them proud but feeling like you can't you know like Mm -hmm. I think it brings up a lot of feelings for people and it it sucks sorry it just sucks to see where she ended up
1: no it does Um, suck and before I read the thread one thing I wanted to to add to what you said about um you know some commentators will say like oh but she was happy like yeah, her life could have been more, but it is what it is. And she seemed happy with with its outcome. Yeah. Um. To that, I will add to that discourse by making a reference to something that you and I will both understand. Maybe not all of our listeners, but it's pretty on brand for Gilmore Girls. I want to compare that to Grey Gardens for a minute in terms of there was an article about them. I don't remember which, which outlet it was in, but I'll find it and post it um, in time for this episode to come out. Um, I think it was from like 2017. It was an article about like little Edie and big Edie from Grey Gardens who lived, you know, in this decrepit house all by themselves. And they were agoraphobics and so like unhealthily dependent on each other. And I remember I sent you a quote from that article, like the last time or the one time that you and I were discussing Grey Gardens and like the author of the article wrote like maybe it wasn't even the author. Maybe it was someone being quoted in the article, whatever it was was like they were mentally ill but they were happy and you were like were they though like their lives could have been so much better but they were trapped in their own heads or they were trapped in their own garbage and raccoons you know so yeah
0: I think what I I remember that and I think what I was trying to get at is like I think when you don't not you don't know any better but what's the way to say it like when you're content in your life Mm-hmm. And you, you're, you're not necessarily like trying going out there trying to find something else. I think yeah. content can sometimes get misinterpreted as happiness. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and
1: even it's just like complacency, like you're yeah. Not- and
0: they're very different, right? Like, um, and I'm not saying everyone has to be happy-go-lucky all the fucking time, but I also don't think that you should get, like you said, stuck in this. Like and be complacent in your contentedness. <laughs> Does that yeah, make sense? Exactly. Um, Before we
1: go on any more tangents, let's share the let's share the thread because we're we're already talking about the thread having not even read the thread. Okay, so this is from this is written by a man. Surprisingly, imagine
0: as you, even as you said, there are a
1: lot of women who have you know commented about Lane's storyline. So this is from at Will Darbyshire. Um, he wrote on October the twelfth. Lane's Kim, Lane Kim's plotline gets consistently more depressing on each Gilmore Girls rewatch. What starts off as a bubbly girl looking to break out of her town and gain some autonomy from her oppressive mother quickly falls into chaos when she meets Zach, the deadbeat loser. And Jesus, having to squash her dreams of, of a life out of Stars Hollow, of being a musician because she becomes pregnant, destined to live a life she desperately tries to escape from, is a hard watch. Rory, a Chiltern valedictorian Yale graduate, a character with so much promise, ends up pottering through her thirties, lost and depressed, scrambling to be a somebody. It's a sad conclusion to characters with so much life and one that makes the yearly re- yearly rewatch bittersweet. I wonder what the Paladinos want us to take away from this, that ultimately we're, we're just destined to be like our parents Or rather, our true downfall is that despite everything, we can never really move past ourselves enough to achieve our full potential. Sorry for making you miserable. (laughs) You did. Mm, Yeah. And again, we're bringing this up with this episode, episode two, because this is the first appearance of Lane's crush on Zach, which is like the descent into her storyline of the last three seasons. So,
0: yeah, Um. So I, I know in the beginning I said this episode's boring because nothing happens. So I will say the, 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 the one thing that kind of moved the plot moves the plot along in this episode is this is the first time the audience is um shown, I guess, or I don't even know what to call it. Like it's the first time we get an inkling that Lane might have a crush on Zach. And I think the way it was done was really, really weird because like nobody could have predicted this and not in a good way. So what I mean by that is, you know, in some I'll take friends as an example, (laughs) you you know, when Monica and Chandler finally got like finally, you know, when Monica and Chandler got together yeah, and everyone was like, oh, my God.
1: Uh Um,
0: And it was so unexpected, but in a good way.
1: Yeah, because they'd also been planting the seeds for Monica and Chandler since season one, so.
0: I mean, yeah, there were like little hints here and there, but also I don't think anyone could have seen it coming.
1: No, there was no, okay, I won't say seeds. They were like dropping hints. They were like, and all like the clip shows that they they did later on, like you saw the development of their relationship, so it was in a good way.
0: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely, and I think, but I think the difference is also, like, it's also two characters that really got along. I've yeah. never seen Lane and Zach have a good moment. No. He's always whining. And,
1: and she's like, always,
0: like, she's like the mom of the house doing grocery shopping and telling the guys to clean up
1: after them. You know what I mean? So, not to mention he's a homophobic, toxic, yeah. toxically masculine dick, so. Yeah,
0: so... I mean, I I remember this. I do remember. I remember when this they first introduced this concept to us. I was like, what? Yeah. Like, cause this is unexpected mm-hmm.
1: in the weirdest way. Unexpected in the weirdest way, also because until a certain point in season four, they were still casually dropping that like, Lane has a boyfriend. It's Dave. Yeah. He's away at college, and like, then we just drop that. Like, I think it. I think it was around the time that Lane gets kicked out, and she. Like no longer lived at home, that they stopped saying she has a boyfriend, and like yeah, they
0: stopped bringing it up altogether. Yeah, um, and you know you can go back to season four and listen to us rant about how they could have at least said a phrase about why Dave, why we stopped mentioning Dave. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, so it's it's just so weird all around. I would have them, I would have liked for them if they really wanted to give Lane a love interest, which she deserved. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I would have much rather seen an entirely different character,
1: you know you think like like if they maybe if they'd introduced somebody else as Dave's replacement season four like that could have been her new love interest
0: Like I think I'm sorry. do you see Zach as her significant other do you see them matched
1: in any way? No and I, no and I never have and I've always just thought of it as a case of like love the one you're with. <laughs>
0: basically and that makes me sad too because it's as if she's saying like well we're both in stars hollow (laughs) his bedroom is next to mine why not you know what i mean
1: i didn't even think it was that nuanced like it was more just as as we see in this episode like all of a sudden a girl points out to her that oh sorry we didn't know meaning like we didn't know you you were like crushing on him and she's like it like oh my gosh she kind of she has to talk to rory about it because she doesn't She's never even considered the possibility. And it's just, it's, it's heterosexual nonsense. Let's say that. And it's yeah. just like, eh, like, just cause you, just cause he's the closest guy to you. Like by that logic, you could date Brian. Like, why is it I that? I would much
0: rather date Brian.
1: <laughs> At least
0: he has a job.
1: And he's quarters.
0: <laughs> but like, so, you know, when Lane gets really snippy, when the groupies are all around Zach Yes. So I just thought that she was annoyed because that scene was so gross.
1: I mean, and I would be annoyed too. Like,
0: Trina, give me some love. Like, what <laughs> is this? This is not the 70s.
1: No, he's trying to like, that's what That's what also bothers me about Zach is like, he has this stupid fantasy about being a rock star. And we see that later on when like, they get into the fight on stage, which is just such a whole other, yeah, whole other ball game. But I don't know you're you're like there's no redeem like the only redeeming quality Zach ever has is Lane and it kind of sends the message that like at least in this case like the small town mentality that like in order for a man to overcome his negative character attributes or what not even attributes but you know like overcome his negative character traits it's to find a girl who rounds it out and that's just not a good message to send I don't think
0: Yeah, I don't, it's so frustrating because, first of all, that scene with the groupies was just all around yucky. Um,
1: But First of all, uh, we're going all over the place because I have a whole page of notes for this, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of slut shaming in this episode.
0: So I was going to say, I don't understand what, what they were trying to convey with that scene, because Mm -hmm. all it conveyed to me was that he's, he's a pig. And yet, you want us to believe that a really beloved character would like this pig.
1: Yeah. And see, I think that's us viewing it through a 2022 lens as opposed to a 2004
0: lens. No, I'm sorry. I felt <laughs> the same way in
1: 2004. You did? Okay. Because I'm th- like, the way I see it is, like I said, just, yeah, okay, Zach was like, Zach's young, Zach's gross, but like once he gets together with Lane, like, oh, he, you know, he he improves. It's like, no, he's still dumb. He's still dumb. He's still... <laughs> so, I don't know what they're... Yeah, I, I, to to conclude on this point, I don't know what they were trying to convey by pairing them. But this is the first appearance of her crush on Zach, And we can... I think we've said enough. But we can revisit it as we go down the list of other things to talk about in this episode. Yeah. Um, the first thing I wrote in my notes was... <laughs> To uh, commodify a Gen Z phrase, I wrote, uh, "Rory's in her spoiled brat era." I see.
0: Yes, very clearly in her spoiled brat era, and it <laughs> goes very well with Emily's spoiled brat persona.
1: Yes, and I think the fact that Rory was sending postcards to Luke and not her mother, and probably to other people, other people too, but we see Lorelai admiring slash glaring at the wall of wall of postcards she sent. I think she sent them to Lane, not Luke. Oh really? All this time I thought she was sending them to, to Luke. <laughs> no, you think? Okay, so okay, that kind of ruins my point because all this, every every single time I've watched this episode, I was assumed they were Luke's because they're hanging at Luke's. But you're right, Lane also <laughs> works there.
0: I think so. the only reason I think they were lanes is because she left. She left Stars Hollow not on good terms with her mother, but um, having talked to Lane about all her issues, so. I don't know. I I just always assumed that they were lanes because she would want to keep up communication with Lane.
1: You're right. They're probably 100% lanes.
0: Okay.
1: Okay. All I was going to say was like, I thought when, when I, I wasn't, when I was under the impression they were for Luke, I thought it was like really petty and, and underhanded to send a postcard to Luke and not your mom. When like, you know that she and Luke have just kind of gotten together and it's like,
0: but she doesn't know that yet.
1: She has like an idea no okay well mm, all right she kind of well remember in season at the end of season four she's like i think i'm dating luke
0: yeah but she doesn't know that her mother
1: to to this day she's been
0: frolicking around europe for seven weeks and still doesn't know that her mother and luke kissed okay well are we watching the same show
1: yes but in my head it's like she had like she planted the seed with when at the end of season four, when she said I was da- like, I think I'm dating Luke because of the whole because of the wedding and everything.
0: Yeah, but do you really think that Rory, after just doing the most selfish thing in the world and shutting her mom out, do you really think she's thinking about Lorelai almost dating Luke?
1: Probably not. So we're gonna we're gonna scratch that point and move okay. on. <laughs> I think I think you need to pay more attention to the show. <laughs> okay, excuse me. All of this time I figured because the postcards are hanging in Luke's diner, they're for Luke. I didn't think what Lane lives at Luke's diner. Okay, also at this point, Lane has an apartment, so she wouldn't be sending the postcards to Luke as if she's homeless.
0: No, but she also shares that apartment with two idiots and probably doesn't have enough personal space. So what if she just hung them in the diner?
1: Okay, if anyone else has any thoughts on this, please let us know because now I'm triggered. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, so. I think that nobody suppresses her emotions quite like emily gilmore what do you think oh
0: god i think emily gilmore is a domestic terrorist
1: (laughs) okay that's a bit much
0: (laughs) like she has weaponized herself
1: (laughs) but like we saw we saw a preview of this persona of emily's in season four with the with the mall right where she goes crazy and buying half the store and I think that's what she does when she feels. And this is a different, obviously a different scenario because she's she's acknowledged like she's separated from her husband, and but she's still going around Europe on his dime. So it's kind of like rich divorcee throwing caution to the wind, even though they're not even past the separation point.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I don't know. I think she, it's. I think, but I think it's it's similar to the incident in the mall where she just is having everything at her disposal and like exhibiting her power and her her wealth. As a, like, as a way to, sh- to shove down how she's really feeling.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that when Emily gets emotional but doesn't know how to express those emotions, she needs to feel some type of control. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's stuffy in here. Fix the air. Don't touch the bags. The ruins are further away. Like, fuck off. Emily. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I think she just needs to feel like everything in her surroundings everything in her life is controllable um and she she's the one in the driver's seat you know what i mean so yeah. um it's a great avoidance technique um mm-hmm. i think that if i was super rich i would do the same thing <laughs> um yeah. i mean i'd love to be able to just forget all my problems and go traipse around europe for
1: six weeks um but i don't think she's in that much of a negative headspace because no She's like, she's still going, she's still working overtime to like make it to like remind people that she's that people find her attractive. And I think that's what she needs. Having just separated from Richard, it's like, look, men still find me attractive. <laughs> well, yeah,
0: I think don't forget, like, one of the biggest reasons for the separation, or at least on Emily's end, why she checked out was because she didn't feel wanted by her husband. Yeah, Not even attractive wise, like looks wise. It's she did not feel wanted by her husband of 40 years um, she didn't feel needed. She didn't feel like she was useful, you know?
1: Make so, sure to thank penelin Lott just for being penelin Lott. Basically. <laughs>
0: um, so I think her, like, traipsing around Europe and being like, oh, the men, they're flirting with me. She needs that. Every woman, every person needs to feel wanted every once in a while, you know, or at least appreciated.
1: Yeah. You know? At the very least.
0: Yeah. So I think she's very much, no, I don't think she's like heartbroken that her and her husband are separated. I think... Um at this point it's more relief that she's a little bit more free right now and she's she's in her own bubble and allowed to do whatever she wants. And yeah, so what if the little Italian waiter wants to flirt with her and call her bellissima?
1: You know what I mean? Let her do it, you go, Emily. And 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 like to compare even for a moment to like the Emily Gilmore of season two, who thinks that she's like having cheated cheated on her husband by f- dancing with another with another man. Yeah. Like this is kind of like worlds apart where she's like, okay, hey, f- fuck you. Like, I'm gonna go flirt. And like, to her, flirting is like beyond scandalous. Oh, yeah, for and sure. She, and she's giving herself the right to to be flirted with because she's separated, you know?
0: Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. like
1: in season two was oh my gosh, I'm married. I just, I cheated on your father. Like, okay, yeah, take it down no. in a notch.
0: I'm definitely all for Emily's slut era. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, oh. but for Emily, it's like if she saw another let's be honest if she saw another married woman like openly flirting or allowing somebody to flirt with her she'd be like what a tart you know
1: mm-hmm. but
0: um i i love a more free emily
1: yeah and if i don't have- like
0: the way she treats the help no but i do never like have. the fact that she's ha- never have yet yeah. but i do like the fact that she's having fun <laughs>
1: And if either of us were bigger fans of the new Taylor Swift album, we could name this episode, Lately I've Been Dressing for Revenge, but we're not going to. No,
0: because she dresses the same. Yeah.
1: Um, (laughs) Yeah. Um, If we compare, actually, for a moment, the way that Emily Gilmore suppresses her emotions to the way that Lorelai Gilmore suppresses her emotions, there's kind of a parallel in this episode. Which actually Suki points out, but we're not. Gonna, I'm not going to give credit to Suki because Suki's also an idiot in this episode. So yeah, um, um, yeah. Lorelai is very much throwing herself into her work, somewhat rightfully so, because the the inn did just open, and she's very concerned with how it's the business is being perceived by people and to the outside world. But she's kind of giving way too much of herself to her work because Rory is away, and yeah. she that they were arguing and not in a good place and that obviously makes her anxious as we see so she's like on the phone with Rory trying to do the maid's job and then just ends up like ripping the sheet off as like I can't bounce a quarter off that and you know you can just tell in in the moment that it's one of many moments but Lorelai and Emily are not all that different from each other
0: yeah I think so I think they're definitely both the type to avoid their problems
1: Mm-hmm. and
0: uh, obviously so is rory <laughs> um you know i think if lorelei also had the luxury of like going to europe she would yeah. but instead she chooses to throw herself into her work and like you said rightfully so they just opened the business and they're booked at 90 percent capacity we find out yeah. um but the way she's going around terrorizing everyone um you know and taking on tasks that are not hers to take on and um you know running around town not getting any sleep barely going home like clearly something's wrong <laughs> yeah um,
1: you
0: know and it's uh, it's a pattern i think with the gilmore women
1: yeah and like it's like i said it's not it's not the first time that we've seen this pattern so even even rory isn't really exempt from it but rory kind of handles it a bit differently and the scene where she calls her mom to tell her like something that something that she saw that they obviously saw together on their Europe trip and when she apologizes I don't know to me that kind of seems like a very realistic portrayal of a a, you know experience with your mother I don't know if, if you can relate but you know like when when you've just been pissed and angry either at a parent or a relative or someone close and it's eventually you just kind of like you know tear off the mask or like walk back with your tail between your legs and just kind of be like I'm sorry and you and you like you say you're sorry because you know the other person is gonna forgive you no matter what. It's not like they're gonna say out of my life forever. So I don't know to me it to me it just kind of that was a nice moment where they kind of made up over the phone and she's like I made a mistake I was stupid like yeah bitch you were thanks I'm glad you got there
0: (laughs) I think um The phone call was definitely nice. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think you can see the relief in both of their faces now that they're speaking again. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's pretty evident also that they both miss each other so much. Um, And I think Lorelai really needed to hear that Rory was remorseful. Mm -hmm. And she needed to hear that she felt bad because the person in the first episode, like I felt like she couldn't even recognize her daughter. Like I didn't raise you like this kind of thing, you know?
1: He's mine.
0: Yeah. He's my Dean. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think a lot of parents have that, those moments where they're like arguing or disagreeing with their child. And they're like, who is this person? Like, who are you? I didn't raise this, you know? Mm. Um, But I think it's, I think the argument as a whole, and don't get me wrong. I also agree rory was completely in the wrong but i think what the argument did serve it served a purpose and the purpose was lorelei also got to see that her daughter is her own person right yeah um so yes she's my child i raised her whatever but just like i've spoken before about how parents come to the realization children come to the realization that their parents are like adults Mm -hmm. um you know eventually parents also have to come to the realization of other kids too you know um and there has to be a lot of letting go on both ends i'm not saying like you can't get into arguments or whatever and especially when you're very clearly in the wrong Rory. but uh, (laughs) you know i think if there was any glimmer of good that came out of the fight it was that it got lorelei thinking about the fact that her child is no longer a child and is an adult right um and sometimes she's gonna fuck up and sometimes she's gonna make mistakes and that's what it is
1: yeah there is that moment and I think I'm just wary of holding on to that moment because I know what's coming at the end of the season so I don't hold my breath but we're not for the the purposes for the purposes of this episode yes yes it's it's there (laughs) yeah um have to ask you, you ha- have you ever worked in a place where people are obsessed with how the business is perceived? Because I have. Mm.
0: Tell us more, Jeffrey.
1: So um, is that a no? You've never worked in a place like that? Yeah, I <laughs> have. Okay. So one of my one of my first long-term jobs when I was in college and university was um, in a restaurant where I worked in the kitchen. And didn't really so much. I mean, it affected me as a member of the staff, but more so it affected like the waiters who are my friends and the owners of the restaurant were just the sweetest people you you could ever meet. They're nice, like they're, and I'm still kind of social media friends with both of them now. Like They're both very nice. Um, it's just like, they were, they were, they were better owners and they were managers and they, I guess they couldn't afford to, you know, hire and have managers so they could just be owners, um, but like anytime, anytime like a customer would leave like a slightly negative or mixed review on, I don't know, Yelp or wherever the hell people, people review restaurants. I don't, I don't look at reviews of restaurants. So, um, but anytime like any slightly not five-star review would come in, it was like, what did you do? Like it, always, it was always turned back on us. And even, even me who worked in the kitchen, like it would somehow would become a whole staff wide, issue and it like I don't know watching Lorelai just being like we can't have these here because it might look like this or what I'm like hey triggered just put it, put it wherever you want nobody cares stop it
0: <laughs> yeah I mean I think there's also really so I get um owners managers whatever being demanding or whatnot but mm. I think that's also just what you get for being an employee and I, <laughs> I don't think there's... A, no, no, but I'm saying... I don't think there's anything particularly disrespectful about the way Lorelai, you know, talked about the vacuum spot or, like, the flowers or whatever. I do think it was disrespectful no. when she went upstairs and grabbed the sheets out of the maid's hand. That, I think, was disrespectful. Um, mm-hmm. But I think Suki was right to point out that she wasn't acting like herself, right? And all this staff yes. that they've hired or and or brought over from the independence in like, they don't know her that way, you know, Mm -hmm. and. She was 100 percent in the right to tell her, like, you're treating the staff like your mother treats the staff. Um, Yeah. yeah. And that that I think really got her because first of all, it's not her personality, right? I think that's just Emily's personality, but um, it's not her personality. And it's also just not how she conducts business. So mm-hmm. I think that was the wake-up call she needed for sure.
1: Definitely. Because I th- <laughs> I think if Lorelai would ever like have an out-of-body experience and like watch herself behaving like her mother, she would sooner slit her wrists than return to her body, you know, <laughs> like, mm, I don't think anybody wants Lorelai to become Emily.
0: No, it's just, it's not a good fit. It's not. No it's not her nature to do
1: that what should we talk about next i feel like there's still so much more to get into is there <laughs> well you were bored by the episode what still else still do bored. I remember, uh... so we see dean working at Dozy's in this episode when laurel goes to give her the letter letters and notes it's a letter i think yeah um so in the phone call That um Rory and Lorelai had, she asked her mother if she could give Dean a letter because she couldn't wait until she couldn't wait until they got home because apparently it was a really it was a really long drive from the WB lot all the way back to the other end of the of the WB lot where the house is.
0: Just uh just as an FYI. She came home what, a day later, two days later?
1: Yeah, it wasn't even that long. Like
0: I don't think the letter would have gotten there. There's all kinds of realistic shit happening in this
1: episode, okay? And one of it is, feels like the dance the feels like the dance there. marathon where it's like what time of day is it? Yeah.
0: And one of the unrealistic shits is that the letter got there before she did when she was getting on a plane the next day. Like I don't get it.
1: But anyways. Or like when Stars Hollow High was once right across the street from Luke's.
0: Yeah. Or there's a skating rink somewhere in Star's Hollow. So <laughs>
1: figure that one out,
0: people. Um, but, um anyway.
1: So Lorelei goes in to Dozy's to give him the letter and he's all like where is she is she okay what's happening like i don't know if it's for- no, no, is, is he actually is he actually concerned about her or is he concerned that like she's not talking to me like
0: no he's okay so here's the thing number one he comes off as a very possessive and like abusive person when that shit happens where is
1: she as we've seen multiple times before that's part of his personality
0: yeah 100 so he comes off as very like Clingy and possessive and controlling in that scene when you've got a lot of balls because she's nothing to you, technically, right? You're you have a wife, right?
1: Um, and he got a haircut. We have to that. He got a haircut. Oh, I was
0: gonna say he his hair looks infinitely better in this episode. Um, still shitty, but you know, he still looks adequate. Um, if I were Lorelai, I would not have gotten involved.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's it was a bit of a leap from her not condoning the behavior at all to then wanting to give him, give him the letter. I think that was, I think she was really empathizing in that moment was just like, hmm, a letter, huh? Like she, I think her first instinct was to be like, no, like, sort it out amongst yourselves.
0: Yeah, that would have been my we, instinct.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, we know we know she didn't read the letter, but. No, I understand.
0: Um, but like, my thinking is, you know, you were so adult that you were able to make this really life-changing decision. Um, You can wait two more days to come and, I don't know, give him the letter yourself or have a conversation with him or whatever. You know what I mean? That's just me because um, and that's the thing, too. Obviously, you're always going to take your child's side, even though you know that your child is wrong, which we see um, later when Lindsay and her mom confront them in the street. But yeah, I still and maybe thank God I'm not a parent because I would have been like mm, you got yourself into this mess you get yourself out of it. Mm-hmm. Like I would have been like sorry no I don't think it's a good idea for me to get even more involved because part of me would also be scared that like I I was so against this and we got into this big fight and we didn't speak to each other for the 6 weeks you were in Europe and now you want to rope yeah. me back in, you know? And if I were Lorelai, I'd be scared to give my opinion again, because yeah. <laughs> I don't want to, like, lose her for another six or however long, you know? Yeah. I'd be like, you know what? Sorry, hon. Rather not get involved again, you know?
1: Um, I think that, too, would have been, a like, a realistic response for Lorelai to give. And I don't, yeah. like, I don't think Rory, I don't, I don't in, my, in my head, I don't think Rory would have necessarily been, like, offended by that. I think she would have been like oh okay and then came home and gave them the, like it would have obviously would have turned out differently because you know we see what happens with uh Lindsay and dean and, and everyone in the, in the street looking yeah um but before we get to that am the point i made about dean still working at dozie's um i don't know to me it just like because he got married like right out of high school to me it's like in my head because he got married it's like oh your adult life begins when you get married kind of thing and to like see him still working at dozy's like the grocery store job he had like after school in in high school it's like reminds me of like the characters in stand by me where it's like at the end of the movie and especially in the in the novella if you've ever read the body which is the, the Stephen king novella that stand by me is based off of Um, it just kind of ends with like most of the characters except for the narrator just having like dead-end jobs in Castle Rock where they the small little town where the story takes place and it's like no like I don't like I don't know for me I I, I just think of that and I'm like I would honestly rather jump in the river I don't I just I don't I don't like it
0: (laughs) I don't like it no I I think there's something to be said about that like I understand you know, you're saying that when you get married, your life, your adult life begins. And to some extent, I think that's true when you're ready to say, like, I'm no longer living with my parents and I'm ready to be on my own and, you know, keep house by myself. Yeah. To some extent, your, li- your adult life does begin. You know what I mean? So. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not if you don't have a more stable job than the part time job you had after school.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, maybe a really good indication that you shouldn't get married.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think that's I think that's more what I'm responding to rather than like he works in a grocery store. Like no, like absolutely no judgment or shade for working in a grocery store, yeah. like whatever pays whatever pays the bills, but
0: no, it's that... more you're saying it's more the sense of like you're just
1: <sighs>
0: <sighs> you don't have the good <laughs> sense to like say hey I need a better job in order to be an adult because the minimum wage bag boy isn't going to cut it anymore. You know what I mean? Like,
1: yeah, like that's exactly what I'm responding to because like we kind of we watched Dean grow up in seasons one, two, three and four as the bag boy at Dosey's Market. And it's like, bitch, you got married, like get a life. <laughs> that's that's like, what I think of it.
0: Move on to like the soda shop or
1: something. Fuck. <laughs> even that yeah like I think it's because I see him in the job he held in high school and it's like yeah this is like a lyric of a country song waiting to happen <laughs> Jesus
0: and he does drive a truck so anyways um, wait, wait, wait.
1: Wait, wait 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 are you going to say it or, am I, or do I have to tell you to say it which one sing sing the country song that no, really- sing it what is no <laughs> the Blake Shelton song have yeah I'm not saying it actually- we were discussed this actually on the podcast Yes. Or off of the podcast. Yes,
0: and I sing it on the podcast. I'm not doing it again.
1: She puts the hurt and hurt or whatever the her and hurt or whatever. Oh, I can't.
0: That song is so fucking dumb. Oh my god, what a stupid. Okay,
1: well, song. if you if you guys don't remember what we're talking about, just scroll way back into the podcast archive, and you'll find it.
0: Oh god, why'd you remind me of that song? <laughs> Anyways, um, we so we talk about
1: More some more, sure. Or do you want to talk about Dean and Lindsay first? Well, or I was do, gonna before we, before we finish our. Talk?
0: Yeah, I was gonna say that. Um, Lorelei and Suki see Lindsay throwing Dean's stuff out the window because she's supposedly, and Lorelei knows immediately. She's like, "Oh fuck, this fucking letter," yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, first of all, he's so fucking dumb. Why would you keep it in your jacket, you idiot? Like, did we have to spell it out for you? Burn after reading? Like, what the fuck?
1: Yeah, I don't know. To me, I feel like that's, I mean, I don't, I'm not, I I don't picture myself being in the position of having cheated on my wife. (laughs) Most likely I won't, most likely I won't ever have a wife, so. Because you're
0: a homosexual um, (laughs)
1: <laughs> but like I don't know to me just like absentmindedly leaving it in my jacket pocket would be something I would do but I wouldn't have anybody in my life who's going to go through my going to go through my jacket you know but so
0: Honestly to me it's so infuriating like you cheated on your wife then you went home like scolded her for picking up your phone because you're like oh shit she's going to find out now like your mistress is sending you a letter and you're dumb enough to leave it in your pocket when you know like you know you already know she goes through your shit (laughs) like you know yeah and then i hate at the end when rory actually goes to see him and he's almost mad at her like he's trying to like flip it on her he's like i feel like an idiot i was married and then you left me once before and like hey hold on
1: motherfucker who has the penis here
0: yeah number one who's the married one here <laughs> and that whole thing, you left me once before. Yeah, you guys were 17. You've been married since then. You're the one that made the vows and you broke them, you little turd. Like, it's just it's the whole thing is just so fucking ridiculous. I'm glad he got caught. Good.
1: Yeah, I don't know. To me, I was actually okay, you're gonna get mad at me, but I was actually thinking in the moment where he's like, he's he like, yeah, he is trying to flip it on her, but I think in the moment he's also trying to like take responsibility for himself. A no, little, he's little not. Bit. Okay, the this is me just like wanting to see the good in people. But like in the moment, like I feel like he didn't have very much remorse until now. Like in, you know, in episode one, he was just getting mad at Lindsay and being like, "Why'd you answer my phone?" Boo! Like, and then they fuck again in Miss Patty's dance studio, and it's like. <laughs> Sorry, I was watching I was watching Sex and the City before, so I have all the lingo in my head. Oh, God. Um, um, no, I just, like, I think Rory was kind of realizing the, she hadn't really realize the gravity of her mistake just yet, but, like, in episode one, she was, like, obviously freaking out over what had happened. Boris Dean was just, was just like, I want to be with you. It's over with Lindsay. Like, let's go, like, I don't know. You know, like, let's go bounce in the bed or whatever. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. I think just I think Dean needed to come to terms with his mistake. And if I think in the process, he flipped it on Rory, and that was a dick move.
0: Well, that's the thing. I don't think he took any responsibility. He, He if anything, I felt like he made himself the victim more like he was talking about how like he did this shitty thing but it wasn't even about that. It was like, I did this shitty thing with someone like you who's left me before and you're just going to leave me again. Like, you know what I mean? He 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 flipped it in the sense of like, it was almost as if he was telling her like, we shouldn't have done it together because I know how you are. You've left me in the past.
1: Yeah, yeah you're or right. It's even
0: more ridiculous. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, and the thing that like really drives me crazy, if you're unhappy in your marriage, you're unhappy in your marriage, just say that. You know what I mean? Yeah don't try and make it seem like I'm unhappy in my marriage and that's why I cheated and now um I shouldn't have cheated with you because it didn't work between us in the past like just say I'm unhappy and leave why do you have to make everything so fucking complicated why you have to ruin lives in the process
1: if I may quote Elizabeth Hasselbeck in this moment those are your thoughts defend your own insinuations Defend your own thoughts. Dean, that bitch. <laughs> Dean, defend your own insinuations. Defend the fact that your marriage is a mistake and you're a turd.
0: And that's another thing. Like, I don't, th- I don't understand. He clearly didn't think anything through because I don't understand what he thought was going to happen. Like, did he think that he was going to cheat on Lindsay and then have this sudden realization that they shouldn't be together and he should be with Rory? Did he think that he and Rory were going to run away and live happily ever after together? Like, that's my problem with him. He doesn't fucking think anything through.
1: Yeah, I'm going to stop you right there because the extent to which he thought it through was, oh, Rory, penis, the end. Basically. Oh. I don't
0: know. I can't, (laughs) I don't, I don't know.
1: I don't know how you'd like me to explain the psychology of straight men any further. I have all, I've given all that I can give. Yeah, well, yeah.
0: so have I. But I mean, I think I think the scene where um Lindsay and her mother are confronting Lorelai and Rory in the street. Um mm. that's super hard to watch <laughs> because like the two children, because let's be honest, they are children, are not saying each other saying anything. They're not looking at each other, they're like looking at the ground, they're they're you know, equal parts embarrassed and ashamed for Rory and, you know, hurt with Lindsay. And Lord, poor Laura, I feel like she's in the worst position. Because she's like, I want to defend my kid, obviously, out in the open. Somebody's screaming at her. But I know she's a fucking dick.
1: <laughs> okay, so I have a lot of thoughts about this. The first of which being, we love internalized misogyny because um, Teresa, Lindsay's mother, is just right. like going... Right. Full on, like let's blame, let's blame the woman. And it's like, why don't you like ask Dean to take to take to take some accountability for yeah, yeah. this this affair, this mistake? Like it was just the uh, the you know the tale as old as time of like let's place our all of the blame and all of the guilt and anger onto the woman in the equation. Um, I mean, I think and I think I was kind of getting at that where she's like, I know Rory, and she's kind of saying. Like yeah, I, I can't defend everything that's just happened, but it's like you don't attack me here in the street. Like, okay, you know, fuck off. Um, I think Lorelai also knows that it wasn't just her mistake. Like I was saying, like she, it's, uh, there was two people involved. Yeah, in this. for sure. Even I mean, again, I don't want to drag Lindsay into any kind of love triangle or any she didn't obviously didn't play a part in the affair but I still like part of me still want to say like hey you you, both Dean and Lindsay were dumb enough to get married that young without any well,
0: actual... that's what I was gonna say I'm like I think part of the anger and let's not do a deep dive into Teresa but I think maybe you're also very angry a little bit at yourself because you let your 18 yeah. year old get married to a guy that she'd been dating for five months like who yeah. thought that was a good idea
1: mm-hmm. yeah you there's know? a lot of that happens a lot too. I think in these kinds of situations where it's like you're angry at yourself, and so you misplace your anger on some, like exactly. everyone does that. Everyone's so I don't know. Teresa can go to hell because we don't attack people in the street. But well, it's the last I want... time I want to see here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the whole Lorelai's whole line of like, I know Rory, like I know my daughter. I think that perception of Rory throughout the town like kind of saves her from any kind of scandal that would have occurred if this, if this had happened to anybody else because like the whole town saw like L- Lindsay throwing dean stuff out the window and mm. then her mom attacks them in this in the town square with everybody watching with everybody around you know like i think if like if any i think like, I, like, <laughs> I feel like if that happened to anybody else like rory would have been the town trollop or would have been like the talk of town gossip which like doesn't happen at all so I feel like it's because like nobody gives it a second thought it's like oh it's Rory like it must be it must be a misunderstanding like we don't we don't know we don't have the full story and that was that
0: well here's the thing I always and we're going to talk about this in the weeks to come I always found it very strange and I guess part of it is like she's had such a good reputation for all this time and we both we all know that like no other teenage girls exist in Star Hollow but Rory um, but at least not in the town's eyes, but, um, you know, I always found it strange that there's no comments in the town about what went on. There's no like snide remarks in a town that loves to gossip so much. And it's su- such a small town. I always found it very weird that everyone was like, yeah, Rory and Dean are dating again. <laughs> Like you know what I mean? I always found that so weird, um. And I get it.
1: We'll we'll see that later on too, when Lorelai walks into the diner, the open diner, with no pants on.
0: Right. Well, anyways, (laughs) that's a that's a whole other story. But yeah, I always just found it very weird. And I'm like, if this was anyone else, it would have been very juicy gossip. But because it's Rory and they've known her her whole life and it's like, yeah, whatever. Her reputation kind of saved her there, I think.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Her, 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 her reputation and also just like I said, like they it's oh, it's Rory. Like get like give it like not even give it a second thought. Like let's not, like, let's not get involved. It's not our business. Like Rory's a good girl.
0: Or yeah, I think that's what it is more than anything. It's like Rory's a good girl. She wouldn't do anything bad. He must have like drugged her. or something yeah yeah like he must have manipulated her somehow you know which i you know i've said this before i think he did um yeah of course he did but again i think that's just people knowing her and knowing him um because it's uh, like i don't think it's a secret that he was also super possessive of her
1: no so I, I don't know. I think the town just has like that old cookie cutter Andy Hardy approach to Rory and Dean where it's like, oh, they're together again. <laughs> Cute. Let's yeah. keep walking like that kind of, I don't know. No. Not
0: to, to date. Try, again,
1: date. to try to psychologize and explain Stars Hollow is a whole other podcast. <laughs> Should we talk about the slut shaming in this episode? <laughs> oh, Sure. Oh, sh- oh, sure. Because <laughs> there's so much of it. Well, um, I mean, okay. So there's this obviously there's the slut shaming that occurs with Lindsay and her mother. Yeah, or most so, or more so Lindsay's mother because Lindsay doesn't say anything. Yeah. Um, then there's Lane referring to one of the groupies as a trollop, which I yeah. think is really unfair because like. After that whole scene where Lane's like, "I'm not giving you free fry. I'm not giving your friends free fries. Like it's for, it's only for like friends and family, whatever." Um. Then they leave, and one of the girls comes back in and says, "Like, sorry, we didn't know." Like gesturing to Zach, and Lane's all like, "What? What are you talking about? Woo." Um, like she didn't have to do that. Like she was being courteous. Like for all we know, like she stepped. Like she didn't. Pr- she didn't ever call or pursue Zach again because of that. You know. I think that when you refer to her as a trollop, like she was being nice. Oh, is that
0: the end of the sentence?
1: (laughs) Yeah, no thoughts on
0: that. (laughs) I mean, like I said, I found the whole scene to be really ridiculous. The idea of anyone having groupies, let alone Zach, who is like an amateur guitarist, not so great singer in a band from Stars Hollow. Like the idea that any woman would find him attractive and hang all over him is just so unrealistic to me that it like just took me out of it completely but in terms of the girls themselves i found they painted them like they just made them seem like dumb airheads who like are okay with sharing this guy because he's in a band he's not even famous he's just in a band you know and like trying to make it seem like the reason Lane is so aggressive towards them is because she has a crush on Zach when I don't even think that's the case. I genuinely think that Lane's crush on Zach develops because somebody told her, Hey, I think you have a crush on Zach. Um, (laughs) Like we were talking about before this convenience factor. I think that's what it is really. Um, So yeah, I agree that she didn't have to be that way. Right. But I think it was more not towards them and it was more her annoyance with him. Mm -hmm. that was just because i'd be fucking annoyed too like i have a roommate who's also my bandmate who for all i know like we've never heard him talk about a job right we've seen gil go to his job and we've seen brian go to their his job but zach is always just there playing games. you know Um, i think the implication
1: is they all have jobs we never actually see
0: yeah but he's also just like so lazy all the time you know what i mean all the stuff in season four when we would see them domestic domestically he would be (laughs) the laziest one you know yeah and like i think she's just more annoyed with him coming in to her job and like pretending he knows all the stuff about the bible when really he's just regurgitating all the stuff that brian was talking about in the morning that he found annoying i really genuinely just think it's annoyance with him
1: yeah, I know I agree with I agree with your point about Lane develops a crush after someone plan- like after someone tells her like hey, I think you have a crush. Yeah. I don't yeah, I don't know. It's just in my head obviously having obviously knowing what happens next like we <laughs> this, this is not a first time watch podcast. I think we know that. <laughs> um I don't know. I think like the way that I see it having like obviously knowing what, what comes next is she's being ni- like i don't know i just thought i just thought that she was being courteous and she's being nice and you go and, tr- and you call her a trollop and a conversation later with Rory. i'm like yeah no
0: listen i i, I don't agree with that at all like what did she ever do to you you know mm-hmm. and even if he didn't have a crush on him um you know he's your bandmate who you know two women are showing interest in him okay whatever are you so like disgusted with the women that are showing interest in him that you have to call them names you know um yeah I think that's I, I also. Just, the- I also just think the writing is a little bit of a stretch oh she's mean to the girls because she likes him no she doesn't
1: yeah like that's very that's very that's very 2004
0: <laughs> yeah but it's also very middle school right <laughs> like
1: yeah. anyways so I just
0: think the whole thing is unrealistic and I think that's where it loses me a little bit but yeah I agree I don't think she has to treat them like that just because their only crime is liking this guy
1: <laughs> yeah and then there's actually an, a final instance of slut shaming that happens in the final scene of the episode where Lorelai is like imagining this romance that could have happened with Luke and some woman at the Renaissance fair while he was gone
0: mm-hmm. and like
1: then re- and then like refers to her as a slut or something like just like hey why like it's just it's very 2000s obviously yeah. of this uh, this like tabloid approach to women is inherently slutty. Yeah, so there's and a lot obviously of weird- that pre- obviously um, I was just saying, I was going to say obviously obviously that predates the two thousands and tabloids but I don't know just it it seems very two thousands when you watch it.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of words that we use in the early two thousands like very flippantly, mm. like gay, uh, <laughs> gay to mean like that's dumb. You know, yeah. we would use the word retarded a lot, which was not great. <laughs> you know, we would throw out words like whore and slut for no apparent reason. You know, I yeah. always think of that scene in in, in uh, Mean Girls where she's and like... And you were going
1: to say that. <laughs> yeah, where she's
0: like, you guys have to stop calling each other whores and sluts. Like, what does that mean?
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you whore. Just- <laughs> <you horror." laughs> you know, like, it, yeah, she's just like, it just, it just gives it just gives an excuse for guys to call you sluts and whores. Like, that's the whole problem.
0: But yeah, I just think it was, there were just words that we used very flippantly. Like interchangeably with girl <laughs> and sometimes, you know? Yeah. Like it was exactly. it was not a good time to be a wife.
1: <laughs> it was not. Yeah.
0: Um, was... I do want to talk. Anything
1: else you wanna... Yes. Please <laughs> tell us.
0: Um, because we barely talked about Luke and Lorelei.
1: Oh yeah, they're like an afterthought. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, they are an afterthought. Um, I agree with you there. I do think, though, that first of all, I think I love when Luke calls Lorelai and I love when Lorelai knows everything that's going on at the fair. Um, Mm. Because you can tell that Luke has been calling her often and updating her like she knows all the tea, you know. So I kind of like those little moments of like, oh, well, I thought you said Harry wasn't dating. You know what I mean? Like, I like that he's clearly... Going out of his way, making an effort, and you know, actually calling her, putting in the effort in this new relationship, you know. Um, mm-hmm. so I i like that part. Um, we find out that the whole summer they've been apart because yeah. he keeps delaying his coming home because of Luke and uh, Liz and TJ, and um, TJ is just such a bitch.
1: I made a note saying I really want to punch TJ. I really do. Ooh. Like, My fuck up TJ. You have a broken arm. You don't have a fucking broken hip or you know, whatever. Or a broken foot. Even like I even if you have a broken foot, you can walk on a crutch. Like
0: I, I just think like it's um this is why some people hate their families because they take really bad advantage. Um uh-huh. and- And clearly um, TJ was taking advantage of the situation. Um, But I do like the fact that Liz is like, no, listen, TJ, he has to go, you know. Um, So and I think Luke is also at a point in his life with his sister, in his relationship with his sister, where, you know, we've seen Luke worry about Liz before. Um, And I think him spending that time with them and seeing for himself that she's doing well. You know, it's not just an act. Her business is actually doing well. Um, you know they're weirdos but they have their tribe of weirdos you know I think it also just reassures him a little bit you know so yeah. I'm I'm glad to see it's by no means the main focus of this whole thing but I'm glad to see that he gets that a little bit you know a little bit of reassurance because he's always been the guy to worry about Liz to worry about Jess to worry about everyone else you know so I'm glad that he's finally yeah, able think- to with his own eyes that she's doing good don't worry about her you know
1: yeah even 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 if it like you said if it's just like she's working at a renaissance fair like who cares she just
0: yeah but she's happy she's doing good she has friends you know what i mean like she loves wearing her costume (laughs) like you know it's all good i think i think he needed that and i think she also i think she's also very happy for him as well you know when they're having that whole conversation about Lorelai and picking out the jewelry for Lorelai you know Luke is not as subtle as maybe Lorelai thought he was because yeah evidently everyone in the town could see it but Lorelai but I mean she knows him well enough to know and I think she's also really happy that he's found someone too you know and that's and that's partly why I think she's like TJ let him go you know because he she she knows he has a life and he wants to get back to Lorelai and to his life with her you know so yeah. by no means the main focus of this episode, but I I'm glad we got some sibling um bonding, I guess. I don't
1: know. I mean, you know how I feel towards the show making Liz a, a bit more of like a recurring fixture only after like only after the Jess years had more or less passed. And it's yeah. just I think it's annoying to me to see like I don't know, to see her, I'm going to say thrive. Like thrive is a big word, but to see like Liz happy in a good place with her new husband all the while knowing that like she single-handedly kind of screwed up her son's life and later adolescence as we saw And it's like, where was she when that was happening? Like for all, you know, I I don't know. I think obviously Jess's story would have been really different if Liz had been there during it for, for most of it. But I don't know, to me, Liz just kind of, Robs me the wrong way. I just lays as this flaky, like this, just this flaky, you know, whatever character who just floats in, just kind of floats in and out. And we're supposed to find her quirky and charming. And I'm like, no, yeah. you kind of, you kind of fucked up my husband's life, so I can't really.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've spoken about that before. How it's really unfair that you know Liz gets to suddenly turn her life around after she's literally torpedoed everyone else's life. But I think yeah, exactly. it's just, I think it's just. That's just life sometimes, you know? Yeah. Like, I think it, in this respect, the show does a really good job of being like, sometimes that shit happens. Like, some people are never going to take responsibility or they're gonna, but they're not going to admit that they played that big of a role, you know? Or they're going to sweep things under the carpet and say everything's fine now, you know? The way you react is up to you. Um, and, you know, I think we saw at, at her wedding that, you know, luke whether he was expecting an apology or an explanation or like even a thank you for taking jess in um i think he's also in a place with his sister where he's like it's not her it's never gonna happen you know um and i can either be a bitch and like dwell about that for the rest of my life and be like well my sister never apologized like when i'm 80 or i (laughs) think you know Choose to say like, yeah, okay. She never apologized, but you know she's grateful, and she shows you in other ways. You know. Yeah,
1: it's that whole cliche of blood is thicker than water.
0: Yeah, but I, I mean, I think that's true not just for family either. I think, um, I think you have to make a decision in a lot of your relationships, um, about how you're gonna react to certain things, and if it's worth mm-hmm. it to keep the person, like if you really can't get past the way the person does things or doesn't acknowledge things or reacts in certain ways, then yeah, maybe you should, it's not worth it. If it's going to cause you more anguish, then it's not worth it to have them in your life. You know what I mean? But yeah. if you can alter the way you think about it and be like, you know what? Que Sarah that's the way they are and be okay with it. <laughs> like, I think that's the bigger skill. It's definitely the more difficult skill because you have a lot of internal stuff to deal with but I think yeah. in the long run it's the one that'll make you the happiest
1: well I think that's a very profound insight thank you for sharing that
0: <laughs> thank you I'll be here uh, all <laughs> week.
1: I was gonna all, all I had to add to that was in terms of Jess I think he we we know he succeeds in life despite his upbringing later on so I'm not gonna say all is forgiven like you said but everyone kind of just moves on in their own ways
0: yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're going to talk about it, obviously, with Jess when he makes his appearance in season six. But I also think that he's also come to a point in his life where he's like, yeah, my mom's my mom. I'm never going to change her. And I can either continue to be like I was in season four and like, woe to me. Now I have to be a messenger and sleep on the ground because my mother fucked <laughs> me up. Or like I can actually do something with my life and stop dwelling on it, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. right. It's a very, it's a very realistic portrayal when you think about it. Yeah, I
0: think there's a lot of things in the show that I think aren't very realistic, and part of that is it's like that's part of its charm. But I also think there are certain things that the show does really well, and relationships is definitely the show's strength. Um, like realistic wise, <laughs> I think it's way more realistic to say like I'm never going to change this person. Um, so I, I got to deal with I got to deal with it and change the way I react. You know.
1: Yeah, it's portrayal of family dynamic has always been very on point.
0: Oh yeah, super great.
1: Before we wrap up, there was something I wanted to share last week that I completely forgot because we got swept up in the moment of our season premiere. So moments before we we, we recorded um, our last episode, I ran upstairs to my bedroom to get my season five DVD, thinking that there was a booklet of Gilmoreisms in the season five DVD.
0: But lo and behold- not
1: there is not but there is a little but there is a little leaflet that says for this season's Gilmoreisms. go online to GilmoreGirlsOnDVD.com. so i'm thinking yeah. okay let's try that so yeah. um that you are, that url no longer exists shocker it <laughs> so it redirects to the wb shop whatever that is like the online store for the for warner brothers i assume and so i googled you know, down the down the rabbit hole of trying to find the season five Gilmoreisms, and I found one on a URL that's also outdated because there's um there's like a message at the top saying that it expired in October two thousand nine, oh. but somehow I can somehow I still have the text on the page. I don't know why, but um, so I have the I have it bookmarked so that we can look at the Gilmoreisms for each episode. But unfortunately, this one is for five hundred two is pretty boring. There's only three.
0: Like I said, there's um, not
1: much there. Yeah, there's so one reference to Deepak Chopra is when Liz is listening on her in her headphones and they're she's not she's she's tuning out Luke and TJ arguing. So for those who don't know, Deepak Chopra is a new age doctor slash guru who has made millions on a series of books on the benefits of holistic healing. I never and really
0: all say the same thing by the way. His book.
1: Yeah, I never really got into Chopra or whatever. So. Yeah. um the next one is, I guess there was a reference to E! True Hollywood Story. I didn't even hear that, but uh, for those who don't know, an E! True Hollywood Story is a uh, tell-all tale that airs, typically airs on the E! Network. Um, Hollywood success and inevitable heartache, drug problems, and sex addiction. <laughs> Fun fact. And the last reference was to um, Lucy and kicking a, and Charlie Brown kicking a football, which, if you don't know, Peanuts reference. me Maybe you don't, if you're not, you know, in North America. I don't know. How you should big, all know
0: that reference.
1: I don't know how big Peanuts is out, outside North America. I don't know if it's as, I don't think it's as culturally beloved let's say, but right. um, it's a reference to Charlie Brown's recurring. Um, it's like this: the, the text is all like upside down. It's hard to read. Like there's weird characters in, in between the sentences. So I think it says a reference to Charlie Brown's recurring naivete to Lucy. Lucy's cruel game of to pull the football away just before the blockhead tries to kick it. You can find a clip of that on any any platform. <laughs> any there's literally a, anywhere. Yeah, there's there's gifs, there's anything. <laughs> so, in terms of pop culture references, episode 2 is pretty boring, but I will we'll, we'll be checking back to this outdated webpage throughout the season just cuz we can.
0: Sure. Jeffrey, where can they find us?
1: Um, they can find us on Instagram at Gilmore Girls Podcast on tweeters at Gilmore Podcast and if you so choose you can support us on Patreon which can be found at patreon.com slash Gilmore Girls Podcast by supporting the podcast with a nominal fee each month you will get access to our bi-monthly newsletter which comes out with, with every new podcast episode twice a month Um, we might also record some bonus up. Ep- episodes just for our patrons somewhere down the line depending on how things go so if you can swing it we would really appreciate it if not no worries but we really would appreciate it so please consider it and uh yeah you can also email us podcast at gmail.com no one ever does but if you could if you want to you can that's not true (laughs) okay some people do but it's not very often (laughs) no
0: and it's usually wanting us to collaborate for marketing stuff and we're like no
1: which they get through our 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 instagram like i have the i have it set up as our email link on Instagram. no i understand but i'm just saying (laughs) anyway we're not collaborating with you but thanks for thanks for asking
0: (laughs) and we will see you next time
1: yes thank you for listening